So I thought today we would have some fun talking about metal, the concept of groove, and maybe how there's some intersection with meditation. Have you ever thought this way about playing the drums? Absolutely. I think the drum meditation link is a strong link. You have to maintain something just like one's focus on the breath when you're meditating. You got to try to maintain this one singular focus on just what's coming, crashing into consciousness. It's like a balancing act. Mm-hmm. I, one thing I love doing is playing the drums along to the, the stereo. Classic. It's totally symbiotic. Drummer clicks off. Everyone starts playing. They're, they're gonna. Everyone's gonna connect on on the agreed upon groove. But when that when that connection happens during the time the drummer counts it off, and the groove is found, is undetermined. I find it funny that everybody has an idea of what the groove is. They can recognize when it's there, but it's pretty hard to define. I think there's some truth to behind the beat, in front of the beat being a bit of a myth. What do you think about that? Have, have you heard? Have you heard some pushback here? Yeah, I don't think there's any style to playing in front of or behind the beat. I think the beat is where you need to be playing. <laughs> That's just me personally. No, you're, you're 100% right. You should be on the beat. If you're playing in front of the beat, in all likelihood, you're actually like bumping up BPM. Mm-hmm. You're right. and in, But I do like it used as a fill. Like playing behind the beat as a fill is awesome because then you return to the beat. Then it's fill time, and you go... I hear you, but what if it was like this? One more time. <laughs> Sag. Yeah, I, I, I hear it in um, hip-hop, but it's not used for the whole song. It's not a, a lack of technique. It's used on purpose it's... for style in a certain spot. And I think it happens when you overlay two beats over one another and there's a, you know, it, they're, they're not perfectly matched up and one comes in right before the next. So it gets like a... And so then everything, it gets like more and more sloppy. Yeah, it's, a, it's phasing in a way. Right, exactly. So that, that right there used as like a, like a half of a verse for... For style points, I really like, is, is my whole point. It's back to a meditative right. interpretation of groove. A couple of years ago, you and I had an idea about using music performance and meditation in one melded activity. Basically, you came up with this riff, and then we would just play this riff to the point of madness mm-hmm. and sing this one thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. meditative groove I think it was called something like that yeah. and I found that interesting so I thought that we could play that groove over and over again and sing it to like one or the other of us started to have answers okay to the cosmos <laughs> <laughs> that's fair let's do it I don't remember I don't remember the riff you probably it, it was like a scalar thing it just like went up to the sixth scale degree and back or something like that yeah, and you just sort of like song over top. Yeah, it just all yeah. c- continually oh, looped we, around. We, yeah, we performed it once. We played mm-hmm. it at the New Hazlitt Theater in like 2011 or so. Right. I think. Is that right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. That was neat. Yeah, that was fun. I, a, I still play that sometimes. What if we had like 
nice like loud electric guitar amps and big and, drums and big drums huh you know that's <laughs> interesting you know what that would be I don't metal oh yeah <laughs> well aren't there meditative qualities to metal oh absolutely brian jump i was looking down because i have this list in front of me so do you think there's a lot of connection there with metal yes Hey, I was going to ask you, do you think um, medieval, I, I, I rarely see that word in writing, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm, I'm fascinated by its spelling, because honestly, I, I would have spelled it mid-evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I always stumble on spelling it, M-E-D-I-E-V-E-L, but I, I think yeah, I just misspelled crazy. it. I think, was that it? Yeah, it was it. Yes, can you, you spell right. it slowly for me? M E D I, like basically. Yeah, I E V E L. Is that right? A L. I okay. Uh, a L. Yes. Yeah. yeah really. Medieval. Wild Ball. spelling. Medieval. Medi. Medieval. <laughs> yeah, and then I was thinking, wow, that'd be a fun band name, Medieval. It would be a really epic metal band name. I bet you it's already taken. Sure, of course it is. But uh, we would be. <laughs> Medieval. You know, <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> I have to say it right. Maybe we could use an umlaut. Yeah. No, that's, we have different band names. This is talking to their lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's different. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, there is a avant-garde metal as well as an avant-garde classical. So talk about things that they have in common. They they share the same name of a subgenre, orchestral genre of classical. Metal also has an orchestral subgenre, where there's all kinds of strings and wind and rain, <laughs> like proper ensembles. Oh yeah, like sweeping strings coming at you like across the river. Would you think that Metallica led the way there with their recording no. they did in, in the 90s? No, that's an amazing recording. Yeah. But um, it, it, had, it had been done at least on, on record before. Not maybe I don't know about live. I can't speak to that. I don't even know yeah. the year that was recorded. There was other metal with classical strings sure. before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're probably right. I can't think of any, but you're probably right. Um, hang on one second. You want to know about... Check your... Consult your list. My list here. Seven. Here we go. Emperor would be one example. Who did the metal and strings thing first. Right. Also, Dimu Borgir. What do you think about this? My experience of cross-genres like that is one of boredom. Well, I guess it all depends on how you consume music. See, I consume music like... uh, a total fiend like every bit of listening to music is is interesting to me no matter what it is yeah it's thoroughly entertaining right so you can go back to the emotional state i think we've had this conversation before where you you can turn off the analytical portion or or is that just part of it and it doesn't matter it's a part of it and it doesn't matter yeah, that's the only thing that's possible. I was going right. to a lot of questions because I'm sure that you're analyzing even when you're like, not. Like there's songs that will come on the radio that I hate, but I won't turn the station because I think to myself, am I being 
willing or am I being willful? In choosing to listen to it and finding equanimity. Right. I'm finding at, peace with I'm, the song I'm, I hate to, to hear. I'm just letting it play and, and just listening to the beat. Just thinking, hey, this is better than better than listening to classical. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you're right back to meditation, man. This is totally where we left off because you need to be able to eventually deal with things that are never going to go away. Say you're, you have some debilitating pain. So finding peace in those moments is a, a powerful mental ability. So you might as well do it with music too. So that's, yeah. very, that's very wise of you. It's practice. I usually just turn it right off. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of people would, or, or they'll turn, just switch it to a different station, roll the dice, think, oh, whatever it lands on has to be better than this, right? It's got to be better. It's got to be better. But, you know, if you just as an exercise, just leave it on and just sit there and, and encounter yourself and why you hate that song so much. Figure what is, it out. You're right. What is this sensory input that I'm so revolted by mm -hmm. when really it's just a beat and a melody well sometimes the beat and the melody are especially bad <laughs> what's the song that you truly truly despise all right it's a great question like what's the song that comes on the radio and you think i can't press this button fast enough i cannot this this song makes my skin crawl okay let me think for a moment. I would like to get a nice, clear answer there. Okay. Maybe we'll come back to it. Okay. Do you have any examples that, that you have to fight through? Basically, anything by Blondie really hurts me. Yeah, it just hurts starts me. with Blondie and goes from there. <laughs> it really hurts me. And, but I listen to it because I, I think, well, this made it to the rate, you know, this made it into, like, the, the universe. Yeah, it was an accepted pop genre like they blondie's considered like i think they might even be in the hall of fame for crying out loud okay so can you unpack for me why you're uncomfortable listening to blondie i don't like her voice okay and i don't like the songs yeah so <laughs> i'm sorry for the stupid question no not at all but um, that's it and, i, mean, and that's I don't know how they ever came off as punk either i don't know how they were lumped in with the Ramones. I don't know how the Talking Heads were lumped in with the Ramones either. That's crazy to me. Yeah, they're totally different. I love the Ramones, and I love the Talking Heads, and I haven't explored Blondie, Blondie enough to know. One thing I do like about Blondie, though, is is they stuck together. Like, I think they still perform. Like, they never quit. Oh, wow. How many? And that's admirable, for sure. Uh, fingernail on the chalkboard things for me. Are they a whole band, or are they just a duo or something? A whole band. Okay. Yeah, that's way harder. Simon and Garfunkel couldn't even stay together. There's two Seriously. people. There's just the two of them. They had perfect harmony. <laughs> Come they on, could, guys. Could figure it out. Right. <laughs> Can't work it. Talk it over. I mean, ZZ Top's been together for like 40 years. Like, you two couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. I, I really want to give you a great example. I can just generically say that I find the any modern... R&B with the auto-tune singing to be especially painful to listen to. I, I, I have a, I take issue with that modern pop auto -tune. maneuver. <clears throat> yeah, the sound is bad. It, it's, you know, I, 
I don't find a human who sounds like a keyboard to be compelling listening. I just am turned wow. off by it immediately. See, I found peace with it because I take it as like a pedal, like a guitar pedal. Make you want to make a guitar sound like X, You're Y, right. Z. It's not going away any more than overdrive went away with with rock and roll, right? right. It's 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 a like sound that our voices do this thing, and I think maybe it was again happy accidents. Yeah, maybe someone turned it up a little too. No, that's high. I remember using auto tune, you know, like in the early two thousands, when that's what your voices would sound like if you had it turned up too high. Whenever you were like the original auto-tune plug-in just sort of laid on top of the sounds like a blanket. Mm-hmm. Modern pitch correction is way better. So, like, you, people are pitch-corrected today, and now it sounds perfect, like, that you can't even tell that it has any tuning whatsoever. Right. O- other than it sounds clinically perfect, and yeah. it's difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. right. But I think exposing it is kind of honest in a way. Like, that's why I I never was bothered by the, like, overdone like auto-tune where it's like really affecting it really affecting it you know what i mean uh, yeah i know i and i i almost appreciate it because it's like wow you know, i mean there's no hiding it and they're using it as like a, their own style thing yeah it's a style thing like for a sure. pedal just like again i go back to guitar pedal I, everyone has like their own favorite thing and um i just love that there, it was totally out in the open it's totally out in the open, and so too are the pedals. And another similar thing is, back in the day when you would use an overdrive pedal, it could sort of cover up for sloppy playing. You can kind of just do it loud and sound raucous mm-hmm. and get away with murder, kind right. of, as far as your skill goes. Exactly. You so, just let it rip. So anyways, they're just looking to let it rip in a way that was like putting on a distortion pedal. Then this, why would anyone yeah. ever lip sync? You just throw that shit on and, and you sing, you'll sound perfect. You can do the affected auto-tune sound. You can't get the the high-fidelity edits with modern pitch correction, like Melodyne software. Live. Yeah, you can't do that live. As far to my knowledge, wow. well, if you... See, if that's you what we got to get in on, that business right there. Live auto-tune. Yeah, then people would just sing, my country is of this we <laughs> land of liberty. And be like... <laughs> you look the most amazing thing you've ever heard. Right, and be like, boy, oh boy, this, that guy deserves a Grammy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it would be... Everyone mo- deserves a Grammy. <laughs> It's this the self esteem movement right. takes Everyone control. A Grammy. We should. They should just give Grammys out at birth, with your birth certificate. <laughs> right. Here's your birth certificate. You're born. You're born a musical ge- artist, genius, famous person. You're born famous. Yeah. And, and then the fight will be to become unknown. Drive for us. Strive to be unknown. <laughs> you strive to have your Grammy revoked. <laughs> yeah. Like you put out an album so bad that they decide that you're no longer a born super genius. See, this is why I love Metal Jump is because they there's on Spotify, if you go to new releases under the metal genre, you, like you're going to need to cut out a good 8 to 10 hours to go through it all, the albums. The has to be the most prolific that in like club music has to be the most prolific music to date are you talking about just sheer quantity output right yeah you're right there's, there's gonna be a lot of metal out there and i did see a, re- a spotify report that metal is the most listened to genre on spotify period wow that's impressive i thought that we were living in the 
hip hop and modern R&B era. I thought that that's, that was that that's, was untouchable. I thought that there was nothing even close. Well, the, metal the, is, but just on Spotify. On spot, yeah, that's, that's well. There are a couple other platforms, including Jay Z has his own platform. I forget the name of it at the moment. I, I'll remember later. Oh yeah, so, tide. That's title. Yeah, yeah, title. I think that's it. Right on. Maybe I'm wrong, but that sounds right. But you know, I don't think that title is streaming a lot of metal, unless I'm wrong there. Too. They should. They're smart. Numbers don't lie. Do you think that we need to reimagine our country with metal aesthetics? You know, I, I wonder about living in Sweden where, you know, it's such a small country and the the amount of successful, globally successful metal bands have come out of Sweden is crazy. And and they've, they've done it better than anybody. Yeah, they're really untouchable when it comes to death metal mm-hmm. or extreme metal. So I bet growing up in Sweden, if you're listening to metal, your parents are probably like, yeah, like, go for it. Yeah, like, you're listening to metal? You. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's yeah, how right. father conducts himself during dinner. He's just like a death metal singer. Right. <laughs> Give me the steak. Right? Is that how it works at dinner time in Sweden? Well, it depends what kind of metal household it is. Oh, so what? what's your, how do you imagine this? Well, dinner time. There's over, there's over 25 subgenres of metal. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a subgenre and you have to tell me if it's a metal or classical. Okay. Well, I, I'll probably be able to do this. Oh, okay. All right. Ready? <laughs> no, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, go. High classical. Metal. Wrong. It's classical. It's in the name itself. All right, all right. Jeez. All right. Off one. to a bad start. All right. Viking. Uh, metal. That's metal. metal You're style. right. That okay, is good. metal. Nordic. Okay. Nordic folk. All right, cool. I'm, okay. I'm doing, okay, I'm back on 50-50. Christian. Okay. That one's hard, but I'm going to go with metal. You're right. You're right. Opera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just, just go through the list for me, please. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Alt, funk, new, rap. Oh, uh-huh. funk metal. Yeah. You curious who, who would be considered funk metal? Yeah, do you have yep. some examples? That's good. Infectious Grooves, Rage Against the Machine. Okay, yeah. Clutch. Clutch. That's, that's interesting. New metal, rap, avant-garde, black, symphonic, viking, war. Black Gaze, Christian, Death, Doom, Extreme, Folk, Glam, Grindcore, Neoclassical, Power, Prog, Speed, Thrash, Stoner, Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I like. It's like having sex missionary. Do you guys want to listen to some heavy metal? Yeah, and heavy, heavy metal is, is uh, bands like Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden. Yeah, that's classic heavy metal. Yeah. And it's funny that Led, Black like Led Sabbath, Zeppelin... Black some, Sabbath is on like a sludge metal or something. Black Sabbath is considered doom. Doom metal. Yeah, yeah they're like the principal doom metal. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And that's one thing I love. Another thing I love about metal is it's not up to the vocals yeah, what the, genre it is. You know what I mean? It's, it is a true guitarist format. It's about how it's composed. 
that's that it subscribes its its subgenre you know it shows its its colors in its composition and that's another similarity it shares with classical is the the large architecture that goes into structure the long form song the nine ten minute 12 minutes. Yeah, there's no other styles that long form songs are acceptable except club mixes. But then I don't think that really counts because you're just keeping the dance floor hot. Correct. You're not, the song's not, not actually doing anything different or important. Right. Not to mention the, the huge rise in instrumental metal or instrumental, which yeah. isn't its own, it's not its own genre. But I, I call it that because, it, you know, all kinds of different instrumental metal bands fall into all kinds of different subgenres. Yeah, you could pretty much go down Even every rabbit hole. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter. It, well, the singing is an interesting aspect of it. We could categorize it. I mean, there is the oh, the different manners of growling and shrieking and sure. and yelling. And people call it like screamo metal, yeah, even though scream. that's not actually a subgenre. Yeah, it's well, not it's, defined by the vocals. Well, we're talking about like rap is like a way of punctuating poetry with rhythm in a repetitive pattern you know so rap is just talking about the how you articulate the words but that doesn't describe hip-hop exactly right so same thing with metal so Mm -hmm. the manner of of singing or yelling or screaming doesn't define the genre right but you'll find groupings of course of like similar like if I if I if I said like black gaze to you, you might imagine a certain style of singing, even though that wouldn't define the subgenre black gaze. I've never heard of that style. It's usually more melodic. It's not necessarily screaming. How do you spell it? Black is in the color, uh-huh. and gaze is in like a G A Z E. Yeah, yeah. I want to know more about the style. What is what's happening musically that can differentiate like that in black gaze? Well, the most stark way to, to, to notice it is the extreme speeds. Oh, yeah? It's really fast? Yeah, really fast. I mean, really fast. Is like it... a blur. Yeah. And yet, the melody is very slow. Oh, neat. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The melody takes a really <laughs> long time to draw out. Meanwhile, the, the drums are real. I mean, I'm talking about fastest thing you've ever heard yeah the double bass is of a sort that it's yeah. indistinguishable from a snare drum roll like right that kind of speed mm-hmm. yeah and then the melody just like unfurls slowly over it's like a big drifting cloud yep. and there's like a torrent underneath right that's exactly. like a like a raging river with a drifting cloud over top that's well there's this there's this band that I, they're new to me but they've been around for a while they're called astronoid and they're from Boston, and they are black gays, and they do exactly what we we're just describing. Only they had vocals using one of those um, harmony pedals. So we were talking about using, um, you know, autocorrect live. Well, they use one of those pedals that creates a harmony with your voice. Yeah, you can use You're those. Familiar with that, right? Yeah, for solo singer songwriter. Exactly. That's where I've really seen neat. it. Yeah, and. So they had this whole effect with the vocals too, and he sings really high. Okay. So yeah. it's almost like, what's that um, Icelandic group, Sigur Rós? 
It's like cigarettes with crazy, with like a metal backing band. Yeah, I'm. It's awesome. Showing my non-metal colors here. I, I've never heard of that Icelandic band. Oh, they're not metal. Cigarettes. Okay. They're like this really beautiful anthemic um, group, rock group. Okay, so there's like harmony singing. He sings really high. Okay. Yeah. And that pedal that they use on the singer in that band. I think it goes right below him. So there's like a... So he does the high There's one like a low harmony being generated. It, it generates a low yeah. harmony, yeah. It's yeah, my weird. understanding. Yeah, so it sounds like there's both the Sasquatch and the Pterodactyl at all times. No, it's like a really... It's also, it's like really verbed out. It's really like beautiful, atmospheric. Oh, it's sung. Angelic, yeah. Yeah. It's dude. It's crazy. It's like it, it totally. I I got really hooked on it. Honestly, like, yeah. I've been listening to all their records like mad. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that does sound compelling. Yeah. So they're taking like the best of, say, chant, and the best of like say speed metal, and they're putting them together, and that and that becomes Black Gaze. Yes, it sounds like a really strange listening experience. Yeah, it is. Really, yeah, I love it. It's tugging you in different directions. Although it's not like weird time signatures, although that definitely exists. Those are like specialty moments in in each piece, whereas with the, like Meshuggah or something, those those off times are just constant. Yeah, it's just all the time. Whereas with them, they they'll put it in spots where they can like really make it happen and that it's not a constant That wave. sounds more palatable to me. Yeah. Not as uncomfortable to listen to. Um, you know, we were talking about orchestral. Ingve Malmsteen. 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 Yeah, he's the guitar virtuoso Swedish douchebag guy. So he's he's considered neoclassical metal. Yeah. But but he like he played with the, the Japan like national orchestra or whatever symphony yeah i think he did a concerto they did some sort of like neo. so there is like an absolute seamless blend right there yeah i mean Couldn't find a better example yeah that is a direct overlap it's right just, it, he was it, like first chair he was playing a concerto which means it's an orchestral piece with a focus instrument so normally you have violin concertos or or piano concertos so basically all the solo breaks are taken by that one instrument so it's like a highlighting a focus instrument have you ever seen that genre video? which video of him with the in japan doing that i there's not i can't listen to much of him like i listened for like too much wanking yeah i, I just well i find him to be an obnoxious ass oh okay and uh, plus I, I just don't like i don't like the sound that it's making like that was shredded out Stratocaster, metal, shrill with a ton of reverb, and it's just I don't like. You would it. turn the song on the on the radio. Yeah, so maybe that that that's it. I think. Yeah, it would be a fight for me to keep it on. <laughs> a real, real challenge. Do you think he's ever gotten any radio play? Maybe in other countries. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Specialty shows. Yeah, yeah, it's a different world in different countries. I think he's huge in South America and Japan and stuff. Right. Which, uh, man, they sound confused to me. Do you like it? I don't own any of his records, <laughs> nor do I listen to any of his music. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, 
I've heard him talked about. Um, well, he has to be mentioned in the annals of shredders, that's for sure. Yeah, and he's done all these wild things, and he like wears a Rolex, and you know, he's like Mr. Swagger. Yeah, he's got a ton of swagger. He's probably some sort of uh, sociopath. Like he's, right. I'm sure that he's insufferable in person. Like if he were like pals with Think Baby, like, oh man, oh man, here we go again about the shredding. It must be lonely for him amongst all of us. Yeah, uh, all of us dunces. Losers, yeah. yeah. I'm playing so fast. But you know what happens to, to me meditatively when I listen to some of my favorite metal bands? I don't, but I am interested. I, once I learn the song, that's, I think that's the key right there. Once I learn the tune by listening to it so much that I totally forget about the like immediate listening process and I go into that special realm of like familiarity with a song that you're listening to. Okay. And in that space, I feel like I can completely connect to all of the intention and care that was given to, to that song and, and playing it and writing it all of the nuance and, and like the tiny pieces that you can make... appreciate it aesthetically more than just listening to it for shits and giggles. It's, it's a more of a, an appreciative art, like standing in front of the painting at the gallery for, uh, yeah, for an hour. For sure. For sure. I love it. I do it. I mean, I, I, I put in headphones when I go to bed. I mean, I listen to music all day at work. Like constant, it's constant all day. Yeah. It's like a total drug. Absolutely. And I've even experimented with how time passes with certain types of music blended together. Like listen to metal and then put on Peter Gabriel. And the passage of time is notably different. Yeah. Like it, your experience of time passing will change when there's this sh sudden shift. Like you put on an entire, like you put on Ride the Lightning start to finish, okay? And then put on So by Peter Gabriel next. Okay, that's a big shift. You know what I mean? Like while you're in the middle of doing something, like you're working, and time passes differently. Rather than if I put on um, Kill Em All af right afterwards. Yeah, and just stay in, so you always shift genres then? Like album to well, album? I, I've been doing like two metal albums and then go on some weird tangent and then and like eventually come back to metal. Yeah, Doctor's Orders. And I think people can like enter each other's mind space when they're all listening to the same thing as well. It's magical. So you must push back on the new phenomenon of people going to clubs and listening to DJs through headphones, and I think everybody's got different music on. But oh, yeah, if it's different. They're at, like, a dance party. I mean, hopefully if it's the same, like, BPM, then they'll all be dancing to different I, beats, you yeah, know? <laughs> I think that's part of the... Of, I of, see. Sounds insane. Okay. Well, I guess, hey, other people's kids, you know? Yeah. You know me, when I'm dancing, I want everyone to be dancing, too. But I think it's while you're working, and I bet the same thing happens while if you're singing while you're working, too. Yeah, if you could just sing the entire day, that would be pretty neat. I mean, think about the, think of the ancestral DNA humans have with, like, working and singing. I mean, it, it must go way back, certainly. Well, we're not s certain before... 
written history, but it's likely that people have been singing for a long time. It probably goes back as far as when we started burying our dead. You know, as soon as we got religious impulses, we were probably maybe singing. We could have been singing for communication purposes before that, but right. I think like the traditional understanding of song probably starts somewhere in there. Right. But like, you know, you can walk into Home Depot in like the, the construction center part of the store or even Lowe's and they have these stereos that are outfitted to basically like fall off the roof and be okay. You've yeah. seen those, right? Yeah. So people they're have, like in a cage. They're on a job site. Like that's how important listening to music is while you work. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You have, <laughs> you have a caged hi-fi. <laughs> yeah. Like this is that important. You know what I mean? Because you have like, you know, I people are working on these these windows outside and they drop their hi-fi at 7 30 a.m and, and they're listening to music like it and it, it's like it makes perfect sense to me yeah for sure if you if there's music involved with your work time will go by bet like it i guess as we would call like faster it's really it's like time travel in a way i think we're right back to meditation mm-hmm. and i think uh, that makes a perfect place to uh, wrap it up, Brett. I know time is an issue. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Sir, uh, anything else you'd like to say? That is all. <laughs> <laughs>